Hey, Dubs. Hi. <laughs> I love the energy you're bringing already. How's it going? I'm excited to see you. Yeah, it's been a while. That's why it's been a long it's been time. A while. It's been a long time. Uh, it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I got the intro to songs all day yep, yep, about yep, 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 how yep. long it's been. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to so cruise right through these. Go. Which one do you want to start with? Do you have let's, the notes up? What are you doing? Let's go. I want to talk about your marathon. I did it, or at least half of one. But I did exactly half of one marathon. You did half. You did a half marathon. Congratulations. How was it? I want, I want to hear the details. Uh, well, it was <laughs> early as fuck in the morning. Yeah. Don't <laughs> was, you love that? Don't you yeah. love waking up early? Dude, it was a sweat. It was. And uh, you two, every bit of research you can do on half marathons and marathons will tell you not to do this. It was the first time I had done a run that early in the morning. <laughs> Everybody says, like in the few, then the few weeks leading up to your race, uh, try to do your practice runs, your training runs at the time of your race to get your body used to it. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. <laughs> the earliest run I had ever done was after when I finished my half marathon. I uh, started. It started at. 8, 10 in the morning, because I was in the slow group. <laughs> That's gross. It started it started at 8 with the fast people. The people who are going to like win. Um, Corral A, they call them. The people who have qualified, the people who have like qualifying times that are high enough, they start at 8 on the nose. Um, and then Corral B moves up to where Corral A was, and then they start at 8.05, just to give some distance. Mm-hmm. And then Corral C, the fat kids move up. <laughs> That's where I was. Starts at 8.10. Um, that's where my sister and I was and her friend, uh, who's like actually like really good at running. So that made us feel a little bit better that at least she was in the same corral as us. Um, started at eight ten, and then, uh, and then you go and then you run for 13.1 or 26.2 miles. And then you finish under the, uh, the arches in, in Hartford in, uh, what, Bushnell Park, I think it is like the big stone. It's basically Hartford's shitty version of the Arc de Triomphe. Um, it's like a big, it's a very cool thing to run under when you're finishing a marathon with like thousands of people just cheering for just people in general. Strangers. Yeah. Strangers. But they're all here for me. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) The, the third to last to finish in my age group. Yay. Thank you. Uh, are these flowers for me? Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. It sucked. It hurt. You just sounded like an electric motor winding down. No, what do you want to know? Off the line, how was it? Right before you started, were there butterflies? What was mile one like? Butterflies were crazy, but everybody. So it was me, my sister, my sister's friend who was with us in Corral C, and my sister's other friend who I think was in Corral A. She's fast. Uh, she had like an average of a nine minute mile or something like that. Okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty solid for 26.2 miles. Um, yeah, right. Um, so uh, leading up to that, I was very nervous because I usually uh, every every morning I drink a big coffee and I have some breakfast. And then about two hours later, I do I do a doo doo. And it's just a big doo doo. It's, <laughs> it's uh, healthy. Is the way I would describe it every Healthy day. Healthy movements. Like clockwork at like 10 o'clock. It's like, ooh, it's that time. Yep. And then I go do it. And this run starts at 8. <laughs> so I was did like, you, wait, wait. Did you, did you have your big breakfast before this? I didn't have a big breakfast. Okay. No, okay. I had a coffee. I had a cup of coffee okay. with light creamer. Uh, and then I had two Nature Valley uh, like peanut bars. 
Um, okay. And then I had one of those honey stinger energy waffles like there when I was there, like 10, 15 minutes before uh, the race kicked off. Um, so I was nervous. And then the butterflies came in and saved the day because the butterflies made the poo-poo happen but or way earlier. <laughs> so it was like it was like 9 or uh, 7.50 and I was in line for the porta potties and it was a long line because a lot of people had butterflies and a lot of people needed to empty their entire body before they ran 26 or 13 miles. Um, but I, I got there. We did that. Did some last minute stretching. Made sure everything was tight. Laces tight. Shirts where it needs to be. Everything's check, check, check. Cool. Watch is open. Everything's good to go. AirPods in. Transparency mode so I can hear things. Uh, and then we walked up the hill. There's a little hill off, off to the park. And we saw a sea of people who are way more athletically fit than I am. <laughs> and I was like, is this a good idea? <laughs> but everybody said along the way, like, oh, you've done 10. 13 will be fine. You get like an extra 25% of whatever the max you can do is when you have a thousand strangers cheering you on. Yeah. <laughs> Which turns out 100% true. Yep. Um, so that was very cool. And you get like water, uh, like every mile along mm -hmm. the way they like hand the cups of water which i felt like a machine like a like a, a a peak physical fitness human being when you're running on a street and there's a line of people handing out water cups and you do the grab thing and then splash it on your head and then just chuck it on the street and keep running you feel like you're in the olympics <laughs> it's very cool um one of our uh, one of our old friends from the last job that we worked at, yes. his wife uh, bumped into her. She was one of the water hander outers. Oh. So that was very cool. I was like, oh my God, hi, hi. I got to go. Bye. bye, bye. <laughs> yes, like, yes, yes, yes. It was very cool. She was uh, like genuinely shocked to see me running <laughs> in a marathon. Was she like jaw drop? Like, <gasps> she was like, uh, hi. Uh, well, uh, like, yeah. she was like, I know this person, but he definitely doesn't run. <laughs> so it must not be him. Does he have a brother? It can't What's be going him. on? It can't yeah. be him. It was very cool. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then, so what was very cool about it, my sister was very nervous because her, her friend, and her faster friend were all going to be running at different paces. Um, so she was expecting to basically be alone for 26.2 miles, uh, and I was expecting to be alone for 13.1 miles. Um, but for the first time ever, the Hartford Marathon this year, the the marathon course usually, they start at the same time. The half and the full starts at the exact same time. And then after about a mile, they split off and do completely different routes. This year, I don't know why, but it follows the same route for 11 miles and then splits off. So I only had to do the last two miles solo, uh, which was the worst two miles, A, because I'm solo. And it was the last two miles I was out. Uh, I was running on fumes. Um, and then my sister just had to do like the second, a little more than half, uh, solo, um, which I can't imagine. It's, I ran for so long and she had to do twice that it was like, Ugh. I felt very accomplished, but at the same time, knowing three people there who just did double what I did is, was like jaw dropping. Um, it is seriously, and I can say this speaking from someone who did a half marathon, a full marathon is an absolute 
feet. Like, that is an accomplishment. That is the reason why people have the stickers on their bumper car. It's not just like, I ran a mile when I was in high school. It's, you have to train for months. I survived. Yeah, it it feels like a survival thing of, like, I made it through and I will never do that again. out, out the gate. Were you remember I told you like the big problem that people have sometimes is that they're not composed and they're too excited and they and they 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 blow out the tank immediately. Were you totally calm, cool, collected? I heard enough of that that I wasn't. I was like right. very high energy, like this is so cool. We're here, we're finally doing it. Woo, good luck. I'm so nervous. I hope I'm gonna do it. So there was a lot of that, but it wasn't like rah, just like <laughs> crazy, like reckless. Uh, but the the training program that I was in was very like like don't go crazy yeah. like remember your training because you're gonna that the it's they're gonna say three two one go and you have no idea how high the energy is gonna be you're gonna want to just take off sprint and, yeah and you're gonna like lose it um b so a i had all that in my head b couldn't it was so congested yeah you'd have to be like uh dipping and weaving between people so like just running with the pack was a slower pace than I even go, which was really great for like the start of my run. Like there were people to the to the sides of us who were just walking but taking long strides <laughs> and they were keeping up with us. It's like it was technically running <laughs> is what I would call it. Technically there were brief periods of time where both of my feet were off the ground, but it was like tiny little baby steps, just like water droplet steps. Um and then eventually we like separated out after like two or three miles. Her friend was like, I'm going to take off by. And she went and did her pace. And we're like, all right, cool. Good luck. Um, and then we were just like, just chatting. Um, I'm so glad I stuck to the training as much as I did. Cause there are a bunch of times where it's like, I don't have to do all of these runs. <laughs> I can just force myself through the thing. Cause when it's race day, I will just, I will have to do it. Like quitting wouldn't be an option for me. So I just have to do it. But the, the training like taught me so many things of like every like half mile or so, like do a quick like systems check of like the form, the breathing, the feet, the, how are you feeling? Hydration. When's the last time you ate fueled things like that. So there was a lot of that that I was doing. And I had like a breathing pattern down that every time I was not talking to my sister, I was like actively counting my in and out breaths and things like that, which helped a lot. Um, and we were like able to pretty much have a conversation for like two hours, like towards the end, we started to get pretty quiet and we were just, (laughs) just, go and we were on like autopilot i kind of lost it then um and then when we separated <laughs> i admitted to her and she <laughs> immediately agreed that she did the same thing when i went left and she went right at mile 11 i kept like glancing over and the second she was out of sight i started walking <laughs> <laughs> and she was like i did the same thing <laughs> oh wow um because like we related did, yeah it was it was partially because like I didn't want to, like, look like I was, like, thrown in the towel or anything like that. But I also didn't want to, like, bring her down. Like, I want if she were to glance over, she would see me still running. And then she'd be like, no, I got to keep running. But the second we were both out of each other's line of sight, it's like, <gasps> uh, and then we'd, like, walk for 100 feet and then start running again. And so it wasn't, I didn't walk the rest of it, but, like, it just took some breaks here and there. And my breaks got more and more frequent and more and more longer. <laughs> Like it ended up becoming, I would walk for 300 feet and then run for a hundred feet. So so it got, it got tough. Yeah. And then like the last half mile, like 
there's it the crowd starts to appear like there were long stretches where there was like nobody or like three people on the side of the road like yeah you could do it uh and then the crowd started to thicken up when you're like half a mile from the finish line and then like i had to pause my music because i just wanted to hear the crowd because it's just a constant cheer like it was like waves at the beach (laughs) just like never ending no like like uproars of cheering just because there are constantly people crossing the finish line and you could hear it from like half mile away it was very cool like hartford was just you could hear cheering coming from hartford as you're like running literally across the highway by the way i was on 84 like they closed (laughs) down one of the the halves of the highway and we were running on the highway and we took exit three to get (laughs) back into hartford uh and (laughs) we ran you ran back uh, that way, and then you like ran reverse, like you did a 180, uh, like much later in the race. And I didn't even realize the first time that we were literally on the highway. And then on the way back, I told my sister, I was like, "Oh my god, we're like literally on the highway. We're taking exit three on our feet." Yeah, um, that was cool. And then, then you like turn the corner, and you could see like 300 feet down. You could see the arches, and you could see like the big banner and things like that, and people like holding signs out into the street and like just absolutely cheering and i just like sprinted like the hey, last three like, like we knew up the hill yep exactly yeah. not like full sprint because i was physically unable to <laughs> but like just the fastest that i can do the rest of it in and then i was like looking around i was like oh my god this is crazy and then right near the finish line to the left right where i was i saw my mom and my girlfriend and then i saw my dad up in the stands and i just started crying oh, <laughs> like a nice. hundred people before the end i was like oh my god and i like gave him a high five or whatever and i crossed and a guy was was right like a, a an employee or a volunteer or whatever it was like 10 15 feet past the finish line and as i was running he saw me and like i was like very like emotional or whatever not like full-on bawling but like i had tears uh streaming down my face and he just raised his hands in the air and i just instinctively gave him a hug <laughs> i don't know why and then like they give you a full water bottle that's yep. so like hartford half marathon whatever full water bottle which is really nice water bottle full of water and i just started chugging it they give you a banana mm-hmm. um they give you the metal and then like a space blanket uh which i missed because i just wanted to like be done and then like when you start walking your knees are like jiggly <laughs> like jello uh because they're just so beaten uh for like two and a half hours that like yeah i felt wobbly running like, <laughs> is rough on the body yeah. i yeah I, you know how every time we run i say every time i fucking hate running <laughs> Yeah, you should do it for two and a half hours. And I don't run. Like, yeah. even though I think I have a respectable mile for somebody who doesn't so. run. Yeah, yeah. Oh, completely. I think I did, what, like an eight-minute mile? Eight yeah, that's, minute, five that's second really mile good. For somebody who never runs, yeah. I can do it. But, like, it's painful. Yeah. It fucking sucks. Yeah, no, it super does. Yeah. Um... And then it's you're like it's like a whole new level of tired at the end. Oh, you're, yeah. It makes you like emotionally tired <laughs> of just like I had trouble just thinking. It's because like, you survived for how long? Yeah, like, your exactly. body was in survival mode for it, how long? It, seriously, it, it like it triggers like the thing that our, our like we're used to doing like chasing down an animal that couldn't sweat. So it overheated so we could kill it to eat. It like <laughs> like engages yeah. that part of the body. Or like running like to survive, like you're running away from something. Yeah, exactly. Something and, that's that's more what it felt like of yeah. something chasing you yeah. and you have to keep going or you're gonna get eaten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and that's basically all that was running through my head for like the last hour, I wanna say, was just 
gotta keep going one two three four one two three like counting my breaths and like that's all i was thinking for like an hour and then towards the end i just needed to like crank music uh, just like to take me out of my head uh it was very cool and then uh i think i sent you the picture of like me like doing like the victory pose did yeah. i send you the picture of me just face down on the ground <laughs> no <laughs> i finished hugged my girlfriend hugged my mom and dad and then they had like laid out a little like picnic area. And they, my mom brought ice packs and oh, snacks nice. and nice. water and Gatorade. And I was like, oh, awesome. But I saw the blanket and just basically belly flopped and just laid there for a while. And I was like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> do you need anything? I was like, I just need to lay for a bit. Uh, and then I like walked around and they give you like soup. I, like they give you a 10 vegetable soup and you get a okay. free beer. Um, it was cool. It was, it was a fun experience. Got the medal. I got to keep my bib. So um, you gotta uh, you gotta do a tough butter next. Next is the Thanksgiving the the Manchester well, Road Race. After that, you gotta do a yeah. tough mutter. I mean, maybe it's fun. It's like it's a ten mile course. Ugh, it's ten miles. Okay, yeah, right. but there's like dumb shit in it. There's mud and obstacles. Well, you gotta like swim this and dive that and climb this and lift that and carry this miles? and crawl through this and at the end you get shocked because there's like electrocution nodes that they dangle and wires like bare wires but it's like at, you finish you get some beer you get to go to the bar afterwards do you get a bumper sticker is there like a bumper sticker that goes with the tough mutter my shirt's over there and you're right like behind i the, hate myself behind the guitar is my is the shirt you get oh yeah look at that it's like an under armor shirt yeah yeah. Yeah. No. I got an Under Armour shirt. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Did if you want another one. Uh, I'm still on the fence about doing a full marathon next year. Um, so wait, 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 wait. What? So you enjoyed it? No. So then why are you going to enjoy it the accomplishment and the attention <laughs> of coming back into work on Monday and everyone says, how's the marathon? And I get to tell this exact story that I told <laughs> like 10 times in a row. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I'll be honest, and yeah. I'm not judging you. Sure. Because you were one of my very good friends. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Did you like just know that? <laughs> Did you just find out? I'm holding back tears. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Of course. Um, it's not that I thought you wouldn't finish it. Ooh. Because I knew you would. Okay. It's not that I thought you wouldn't do it. Because I knew you would. Thanks, Dad. Dubs. But you are self-proclaimed as somebody who... Once a certain level of accomplishment and success is achieved, mm, yes, you don't feel the need to do anything else with it. Well, so for you to say, I'm going to do the, the gobble trot and then, oh, I'm going to do the, 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 the marathon next year as well. It's just like, whoa, I want to hear about this because this is not how you typically handle these kind of things. Well, let me tell you exactly why that logic like plays into why I would do the marathon. Oh, next year. because what okay. did I do this year? You did the marathon. No, I did the half marathon, okay. which means I did half of a full thing. So when I tell people that I accomplished something, I'm telling them that I accomplished half of a famous thing. Okay. <laughs> which in my brain says you need to tell people you did the whole thing. <laughs> okay. It's like okay. I didn't I, I did. I did half of a tough mutter. You guys. Hey guys, I did half of a 5K. I got halfway to the Olympics. Okay. I, I beat half of Metroid. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm trying to parlay this into you playing hockey with me. 
Uh, no, I, no, I don't see. Hard I pass. mean, you're a, you're a hockey fan. I am now. Yeah, but you could be a hockey player. Mm. Mm. And that imagine telling people that. Oh, what are you doing on Wednesday? Oh, I'm playing hockey. Like ball hockey? No, ice hockey. What the fuck is ball hockey? <laughs> it's is that uh, an innuendo for something. No, it's it's hockey with a ball. Uh, sure, on ice? No. Or like field hockey? No. Street hockey? It's like street hockey. Okay, street hockey. It's like ball hockey. It's called ball hockey. It's like, oh, you play you play ball hockey or you play uh, street hockey? hockey? It's like, nope, uh, ice hockey. And they go, you play ice hockey? Yeah. I get that well, reaction. Half of it. I get that reaction all the time. <laughs> Growing up when I would be like, yeah, I play hockey. They're like, oh, like street hockey? I'm like, no, like ice <laughs> hockey. And then like the, the, the shock, surprise, but then like the, okay. Yeah. I didn't know you did. That. Like I got that all the time in college. It was just you play soccer, right? It's like no, I play hockey. <laughs> like you don't play soccer? I'm like no. Like you look like you're built as a but, soccer player, but you're skinny. <laughs> yeah, but you're skinny and small. I'm like I. You I, look whiny. I, I play hockey. You're <laughs> just like wow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's a whole. Each time you tell somebody you play hockey, that, that's a, that's a little moment of that. That that's interesting that's interesting that will accomplish because i think what you're getting at is my tendency to quit god i love quitting um and uh the thing of when you tell someone you're doing something and they go oh that's so cool but you haven't done it yet the mental serotonin bursts you've already gotten it someone already says wow chris that's awesome I haven't done shit yet. I just told you that I'm going to do shit. And now I don't have to do shit because you already told me I'm awesome. Oh, true. Um, But I've only told you that I'm half awesome. And you said, that's cool. Think like this. In terms of hockey, you are at zero awesome. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. And you could start just with skating. No, well, no. You don't don't want to skate? You don't want to take your girlfriend on a skate date? No. (laughs) Famously... No, <laughs> when when I first started talking to my girlfriend and I asked her what she wanted to do, like when we yeah. wanted to meet up and like have our first date or whatever. Uh, actually, no, first date was Star Wars and Indian food. That's that's what okay. I heard. It that's was a, settled. That's a that's a powerful date. It was very powerful. It's a powerful date. Um, and uh, every year now we 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 watch oh, nice. a Star Wars movie that's and get nice. the same Indian restaurant. But um, but for the second date, I was throwing out a bunch of random stuff, and I was I was into her already. So I was I was getting real cheesy and romantic with it. I said we could go like ice skating because it was in the middle of winter, and she said, <laughs> "I do want to go on a second date, but I hate ice skating. <laughs> you will not take me ice skating." And I was like, "Okay, damn, thank you for your honesty." Um, so yeah, I mean, so here's the thing: I I I'd, I'd be fine to try it. But I'm not gonna go from zero to yeah. I'll go to hockey with you every Wednesday. Like, <laughs> I'll buy in on your private pickup. Let's and- go spend five bucks and like pl- mess around with a r- mess around at a rink for a little bit. Just slap some skates on my feet. See, you if don't I even can have walk. to mess around. We could just go play shinny. Not even go shinny. We could just skate. Sure, we yeah. could have a skate date. Let's. We yes, could on a yes, Saturday yes. go to a public skate. Yes, just putts around. Yep, and then watch a cracking game later. Yeah, we yeah. could we could go. Mm-hmm. So public skates on the weekends are typically uh, they they usually have a afternoon session and a later session. Usually it's like either eleven to one or twelve to one thirty, and yeah. then there's usually like one right before dinner time, three okay. to four, three to five. Sure, depending on the rink. Um, Let's do that. We could. We should go. We need to get you skates because the rental skates will hurt. Okay, because they're not designed for you to enjoy. I'd get skates. Yeah, we can find skates for like 30 bucks. Sweet, I'm down. Because so even if you never do it again, at the very least, if you ever go skating in every any situation, 
I got skates that fit. Exactly. That I have is. roller skates in my attic for, yep. in case anybody's exactly. like, hey, you ever want to go rollerblading? They fit. I don't yeah. need to pay money for them. Yep. They're fine Perfect. and they don't hurt. Exactly. So yeah. I'll just take no, like I'm, I'm literally down for this. That's, yes. this is how we start. Let's do right. that. And then if I like that, then, hey, let's do that again, but bring your sticks. Because here's and the let's thing. let's mess around. I would actually be 100% happy with you never playing hockey, but you enjoying skating. Sure. Because I love skating. Yeah. I think I love skating enough that if I stopped playing hockey, I would ref. Not that I Ooh. love the game enough to ref it, because I actually would probably fucking hate being official <laughs> because of dealing with the coaches and the players and the parents. Yeah, oh, come on, that was a terrible call. No, what are you talking about? Fuck you, you fucking ref. Zebra. <laughs> like, I'm, no, I know your personality. I think you would love that. You what? Would, you would thrive. No, are I'm you kidding. Okay. You, would, you, would get a, you would get fired. <laughs> But the ability to, but the ability to like skate, I don't know. It's, you know why, you know why it's because skating is a lot like fitness in the sense that once you like unlock how to do it, mm. it's like, if like once I teach you how to do something yep. and I see you make the connection of like, that's how you do that. Yeah. Wait, that's all you got to do is just like, you got to just turn your shoulders first and then, then, oh, okay. And then you start doing it. It's just like, yes, you're doing it. And yeah. then you feel that like, I can do this now. Yeah. 30 seconds ago, I didn't know how to do this. Oh, that's good. But now my body knows what that feels like. Yeah. And I know what to do to make it feel like that. You get that. And now with, I'm doing it. You get that with snowboarding. That's uh, when I was, uh, when my dad was getting me into snow sports, it was between skiing and snowboarding. And I, multiple people told me, like instructors or whatever, were like, skiing, you could slap skis on your feet and just start going and you could move and not fall and you're not very good and you gradually get better. Snowboarding, you are going to fall on your ass for three weeks and then something will click and then you could snowboard yes. and i was like that sounds cool i really want that moment <laughs> and i was like and also it's cooler like and i saw johnny tsunami and the snowboarders were way cooler <laughs> so i'm gonna do the snowboarding yeah. and that exactly happened like i distinctly remember the click moment my cousin and i went to snowboarding lessons together and he's three years older than me and i it clicked with me way before it clicked with him and i felt so fucking cool and i was like ah, i can snowboard and like not doing circles around him because that's not how it works on hills but like i was just whizzing past him every yeah. time i would do like three runs down the bunny slope before he made it down one oh, yeah so good and i love like i used to give uh like like uh beginner lessons to yeah to and to adults yeah. and it was just it was i loved being like I don't need to make it like super um, dumbed down for like a child to yeah. understand. I can just be upfront with you of like, yeah, you're going to feel this in the front half of your foot. Like yep. you'll feel it on the toes. Imagine your toes coming together. Yeah. And that's how you get the edges to work. And then I see them do it and I'm like, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. See, I want this. Yeah, do it again. And then it's just like, this. then you do it again. It's like, oh, that's really hard, but I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. I feel like it's like, yes, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because I think the thing... Don't get me wrong. I'm not a good hockey player. Mm -hmm. But the thing with skating that's cool is that you don't need to play hockey when you skate. You can just skate for yeah. fun. You yeah, can just yeah. putz around the rink for fun. You can do whatever. You can just... Yeah, it's just a mode of transportation in a way. You just yeah. move around, right? I like that. It's cool. I also... I, I'm a really big fan of moving faster than you could propel yourself on your feet how do i say this <laughs> there's <laughs> walking and running yes. but like rollerblading skateboarding riding a bike skating are all way more fun faster yeah because you're faster than humans are supposed to go yeah <laughs> like <laughs> I so love it. there is this so i will say this when i teach people how to skate speed is never 
a thing at first because I'm so worried about somebody falling. Well, I, I guess what I mean is like speed per energy output. Okay. <laughs> like you could do a few pushes on skates yeah. and then slide a hundred feet. Glide. Yeah. You yeah. glide. Yeah. Where a walk, you have to take 200 steps to get that far. True. <laughs> so True. yeah, that's it's cool. Adventure. It's fun. I have already really enjoyed being a fan of hockey now that we are. I want. I don't want to say well underway into this hockey season. We are well underway. Yeah, two We're weeks well into underway. it. We're two two weeks in, and fan base is already panicking. There's already talk on the talk radio about like it, like what's going on. Yeah, this is a problem. Yeah, there's already like projections and We're things already, like that. We're like the Habs are down zero four of the season. What's happening to this oh, team? Yeah. They lost their identity. They don't have a leader in the room. The GM needs to go. Like <laughs> he can't believe that we're having contract <laughs> negotiations with him. Yeah, why should he stay? He hasn't proven anything at this point. Yep, the retool and didn't I, work. I yeah. am as, as my inaugural season as a fan. Yes, I am. I am being inaugurated with the Kraken, which is the reason why I'm a, a fan of hockey now. Yes, I'm pretty strictly just a fan of the Kraken for now because it's like my introduction. There's it's there's so much. The yeah. more I learn about hockey, the more I realize there's there's more to learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just like I'm just gonna follow this team, and I'm just only gonna focus on things that they are involved in for now. So it's just like, who are they playing today? Okay, then I'll I'll look up what the deal is with the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay, cool. And there's that guy in the Okay, got I get why they're fighting. Oh, I see the our coach used to coach for them and blah yep. blah. So it's like his first game. So like I'm learning that kind of stuff. And it's actually been a really good way to like be introduced to the sport as a whole of just like looking just like uh with blinders on what saddle kraken is doing and then like what how they interact with the sport in the league. It's like how you learn about the league. It's really interesting. It's cool. That's like, a I, don't, perspective. I don't know much about the New York Rangers yet because they haven't played them yet. But once right. I get there, I'll do some research or whatever on the Rangers and I'll just learn about it through the announcers in the game, which the Kraken announcers very strategically are being very newbie friendly because they know that there's a lot of they new are people. very newbie friendly. I was listening to their stream to their broadcast. And it I was, was like, yeah, okay. I got the ESPN okay. plus bundled with Disney plus in it. Mm -hmm. When you click on the game, it's like, do you want to watch the Philadelphia Flyers stream or the Kraken stream? And yeah. I'm like, well, obviously the Kraken obviously stream. The home, correct. But like, oh, that's icing and icing for those of you who don't know <laughs> is when you shoot the puck past the half line all the way past the goal line without I, touching anybody. I didn't notice at first when I was like that game you texted me of like, are you watching this bullshit? And I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> um, I was watching and for the first three minutes. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And I was like, how raw are these commentators? Yeah. Like, why are they reviewing that? It's like, oh, that looks like it's offsides. For like, don't you know, offsides is with this and this. And I was just like, but it's like, it's not as obvious as I was doing it. And I was thinking, I was thinking, are these? I know Seattle is like really, really forward thinking. Did they take like complete minors up? <laughs> like, like, do they take people who haven't had a broadcast job yet? Yeah. At this level, and just threw them into the chairs, and yeah. that's why. There's these silences and pauses, and they're explaining things to this detail. Cause no, that's it's, it's for me. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm so used to like the full time. Like, okay, you can see in the bumper position on the right side, they're doing a right wing lock on the on yeah. the four pressure, the the, the and I check and the and I'd be bored pressure. and I'd shut it off. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> or I'd just be very confused yeah. and I'd have to write down terms <laughs> to look up on YouTube later to have someone explain them to me. But yeah, no, and they're not being that obvious. They're like, oh, that looks like it was offsides. Let's go back to the instant replay and see if the puck crossed the line before the skater did. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, okay, that sounds interesting. That sounds important to making an offsides decision. <laughs> And then later they'll be like, oh, that's offsides. And this coach called it as offsides. So the refs are going to review it. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, okay, that's how that happens. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. I've really liked it. And then um, I have actually found, I think I talked about it a while ago, that it's it's kind of hard to learn about the sport. But I've found a couple YouTube channels. I'm going to shout out... Um, the hockey guy on YouTube. Uh, also, the NHL official YouTube channel. If you find the Snoop Dogg playlist of videos, they hired Snoop Dogg to do like 12 videos explaining certain aspects of hockey, and they were shockingly helpful. So, Snoop Dogg taught me a lot about the sport. <laughs> okay. And um, Cheap Seat Sports is a YouTube channel that has a, uh, a playlist of, uh, I think it's just called Hockey 101. And it, he has a video that goes in depth into like icing. Here, well, I'm going to talk about what icing is and the history of icing and why that started for 12 minutes. And I'm like, cool. When somebody says icing in a game, I'm going to know exactly what the hell they're talking about now. <laughs> and I'm going to be able to like that's, see icing happen and that, know it. Yeah, like like you'll get to a point where you're calling it. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, that's gonna oh, be that was icing. Yeah, that's yeah, icing. Yeah. And then boop, whistles. Like, all right. Yep. Um, that's crazy to me. What? Like you're learning about hockey and being introduced into an entire culture and community through YouTube. Through like and a crash course. <laughs> I learned, yeah, through like like tutorials. Yeah. I learned hockey by playing video games and following along with the MSG network and watching the Rangers play. Yeah. And just to Sam Rosen. And it, eventually getting it. <laughs> eventually understanding it. Yeah. yeah no. That's that's one hundred like like was that a dirty hit? Why are they fighting? Oh, it wasn't a it was a clean hit, but oh oh the guy's injured. Okay, mm. so that's why they're fighting, so they're standing up. Okay. It's interesting. You slowly put two and two together. Over you start the putting of it together games. and yeah. then being like, Why is that why is the why did the whistle? I came into hockey with two line passing, which is no longer a thing that exists today. That's they like got icing, but with different lines. Two line passing, you know, the three lines. You have yep. the blue, red, and blue in the middle of the ice. Yep. Two line passing back in the day was a rule. That you could not pass the puck and have the puck go over two lines. Wow. So if you passed from the blue and it passed the red. And passed the next blue. No. Oh, it passed the red. Oh, geez. Bam. Stop play. That's, That's a two-line annoying. pass. <laughs> two-line pass. They changed that because it was slowing the game down and they wanted to speed the game up and get more scoring opportunities. So they said, let's eliminate the two-line pass. They'll, people can break through the neutral zone faster and we'll have more offensive chances. Yeah. I was I was there with the trapezoid, which was an area behind the net for the goalies to go play the puck. Oh, interesting. And they were protected. I goalies, think I vaguely remember that. Yeah, goalies have a range where they can kind of wander, and if you go outside that range, you're free game. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're free game in the rule book. You're not free game to the code. Okay. In the code, if you touch a goalie, you're getting fucked up. Yeah. That's how that is. <laughs> exactly. If you, if, no matter what, despite what the rule book says for the NHL or for hockey, yeah. even if the goalie is in fair game territory and you do something, you're getting a shit storms coming your way. Yeah. That's how that works. It's really so, interesting. Also, yeah. just for those listening who aren't fans of hockey, I just want to briefly explain icing is and also kind of pat myself on the back for being able to explain a thing now. Ooh. Icing is basically when you're on defense, when the puck is around your goal and you get a hold of it and you just want to save your team a little bit. You're nervous 
this. So you just dump it all the way across the rink. Um, if it passes the midline and goes all the way behind the goal line of the, the opposing team's goal, that's icing. It's basically you're wasting time by dumping it. It's not a strategic play. It's just, ah, get it away, poof, and you just yeet it away. Um, did you, do you know the history of icing, why it started? That was the the, the most interesting if thing I I've learned about. If I had to guess, it started because people were just doing it. Yeah, pretty and much. It's it, it's the, like the two-line pass. It inhibits play. Exactly. And because of that, it's just like, we need to stop that. Yep, and it's it was boring. Yeah. Um, but in 1937, so like pre-World War II era hockey, no helmets, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, two games that were a couple months apart between the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers. No, it was before they were called the Rangers. The New York Americans, I think. It was okay. the Rangers, but before they were called the Rangers. Okay. They were playing each other, and the Rangers uh, iced it like 70 times and it was so boring (laughs) and the Bruins were so pissed off (laughs) that the next time they played they iced it on purpose to annoy them back 99 times (laughs) and the score was 0-0 and it was supposedly one of the most boring games of hockey because literally anytime a Bruin would get it they would just chuck it (laughs) like it wasn't even like let's see what we can do nope just we got it let's put it back in their face and like a month later there was a new rule of you can't blah 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 there was the uh what is it the dead zone era yeah um which was basically so a four check a quick explanation is just the position of players when the other team has the puck Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah. usually it's a number two one two one two two and that's Mm -hmm. the formation in zone so the first numbers for the offensive zone, yep. the middle numbers for the neutral zone, and the last number is for your defensive zone. Right. So if the puck's in the offensive zone, let's say we do a 2-1-2. Two, two. Yep. We'll have two forwards pressing to, to pressure the zone, one person covering the neutral zone for any kind of like turnovers or breakouts, yeah. and two people in the defensive zone coming up. So that's the that's the flock position as they move in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And the, the two defensemen to cover any type of breakthroughs that get through. Kind of mm-hmm. like the safety in football. Yeah. Um, the dead zone era was essentially, I think it was Tampa Bay who did this. I forget which team that did this. I think it was Tampa Bay. Notoriously did a, it was like a three, two, like a one, two, two special type of setup. Not even, I think it was a, it was like a weird three, two with not a full one person in the offensive zone. So Mm -hmm. long story short, if the other team gets the puck, you as the defensive team all of a sudden because now you lost possession Mm -hmm. would essentially everybody floods back in a wall forms (laughs) (laughs) and nobody pressures the puck carrier you're the defenseman your zone in front of your goalie fine take it I'm backing up to the blue line and so is everybody else and we're just going to (laughs) wait it got to the point where the Philadelphia Flyers were so pissed at this and this wasn't long ago this I think was like in the early 2000s yeah this wasn't long ago Chris Pronger Hall of Fame defenseman yep he got the puck and then he refused to move. <laughs> he just stood there. On the he ice. Was, because what happens is because the way that works is that the game is so fast, the transition of the puck would be like, okay, they're going to come flying out. Well, we're going to trap them and deadlock this entire area so yeah. they can't get past. So we will force a turnover and then we attack. Yeah. It's basically like a counter to the counter. Yeah. What happened though is that team started realizing wait a minute, if we just keep rushing up the second we get possession, we're literally playing into their game plan. Yeah. If we don't do that, what do they do? 
because they're not going to pressure us. Right, exactly. Because That's they the won't send thing. somebody to pressure us. Yeah. Because the whole thing is that they're going to pressure <laughs> us once we start doing something. Yeah. So Chris Pronger, you can YouTube it. Chris Pronger, like, deadlock or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, hangs onto the puck. And he just stands there, and he just stick handles it. And then he, like, <laughs> passes it to his partner, and his partner passes it back, and they just play catch to each other. And they just pass it back and forth. <laughs> and it got to the point where eventually the refs didn't know what to do. Because yeah. the refs were like, this isn't breaking the rule but it's delaying game in a way but but this sucks but this is a this is a strategy <laughs> they're countering this this counterattack. yeah let's just rest a little bit so i don't know what we so like and it was funny because the crowd was cheering at first then they were booing and then started cheering again because people realized oh, oh you're giving them a middle finger you. yeah because you're just like no, no 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 come get it come get it you're not gonna come get it because your team concept is to not fucking pressure me that's at all. really funny it's a, so it's a, it was a crazy situation i love that yeah so it was cool stuff it's cool there's wacky shit that happens hockey's wacky i i yeah you showed me some wacky shit earlier and it's mm-hmm. it's very very fun so yeah i'm, I'm really enjoying it so far i, I don't want to talk about it too much although we've just been talking about it for like 20 minutes because yeah, i'm sure fine. we'll be talking about it more over the next few episodes oh of course because i'm like 82 game season maybe we're two yep. weeks in Long way um, to go. Moving on. Moving Black on. Widow is finally free on Disney Plus. And I'm I finally you saw, saw it because you put it on it. the list. And I finally saw it. Hit me with your thoughts. Did you give it a well, 6 out of 10 first, or a 7 out of 10? Let's first start this off yeah. with a spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert for Black Widow. Let's be, come on. We got to be respectful. It's free on Disney Plus, though, so go watch Okay, it. so Black Widow spoiler alert. Here we go. Yeah. Um, I thought that that movie should have came out when it was intended to. Yep. <laughs> because, holy shit, it would have been fantastic, A. B. Intended to, like, when it was originally supposed to come out in theaters? Like, chronologically. Or, yeah, before... Chronologically. Before, before Infinity War. Before Infinity War. Yeah. Would have, it's the perfect setup for it. Yep. Um, a. B. I didn't like how heavy the makeup was on Florence Pugh. Okay. Her... There were a lot of scenes with her right next to Scarlett Johansson, mm. and Scarlett Johansson looks like she's just she's dirty. She's like she, maybe there's dried blood, but like there's, yeah. and then Florence Pugh just has like this perfect eyeshadow, <laughs> like bl- like 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 yeah. blush on the cheeks, and it's just they were both just fighting in the same thing. Like yeah. why wh- why is <laughs> why is one completely different looking than the other one when it came to environmental damage? Yeah, and and that I didn't like. That was almost distracting to that point. Interesting. It was just, I did not pick up on that at all. For me, it was just like it was so distracting because I, I I was just like that's really unnecessary to have such heavy. <laughs> they didn't need to go so heavy makeup. Yeah. On her, and I don't know why they did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have I have never cast a movie, so I have no clue what lighting or issues they had. Yep. Exactly. But like, it was just such heavy eyeliner or eyeshadow. I don't but know I which mean, one, even but. if you knew more about like the making of and the behind the scenes, it's they didn't have to go that hard on the makeup. Like, they didn't. It's a miss. If it you, if it sucked you out of the movie noticing Florence Pugh's makeup, then that's a miss on their part. Yeah. So. Um, number three, uh, it was a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. All the jokes about like, oh, this is a lot different than Budapest or whatever. <laughs> Budapest was fucked up. <laughs> like, Jesus, we finally got the answer to that? Yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty dark. Yeah, it was a. I thought it was a pretty dark movie. Um, also, that cast was mm. fucking all star. Oh yeah, David um, Harbour in it was. David Harbour was so good. Absolutely stole the show for me. He was amazing. Uh, Rachel Weisz was amazing. Of yep. course she was. Yeah, it's Rachel Weisz. Uh, Scarlett Johansson was great. Florence Pugh was Florence awesome. Pugh was good. Yeah, like there was no weak. But and I forget the name 
of the bad guy. I forget his name. The actor's name? Yeah, the actor's name. I don't think I know his name. He's in so many films, and uh, he's so good. Ray Fishborn. Is it Fishborn? Ray something, right? Winstone? I think it's, it's Ray. It's Ray. <laughs> Hold on. Keep talking. I'm going to look it up. He is He's so good yeah. in everything he does. You know what I mean? Yep. And he's, he's so... Um, Ray Winstone. Ray Winstone. He's so charismatic, but in a different kind of way. Yeah. But like doofus. Like lovable doofus dad. Wait, who are you talking about? What? Who? David Harbour? No. Oh, Ray Winstone. Yes. No, never mind. Not lovable doofus dad. No. I, I thought you were talking about David Harbour. Sorry. I was like, lovable dad? <laughs> no. I don't think he's ever played a lovable character in his <laughs> no, entire career. He's like career. a charismatic, suave, overconfident villain. He... he he has. He just has the magnetic type of yeah. charisma when it comes to how he talks, yeah. and how he acts, <laughs> and just his mannerisms. You know what I mean? And just he's so he just it's a it's powerful. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just I don't know. I thought he was great. Um, he played Beowulf in Beowulf. Fuck yeah, he played Beowulf in Beowulf. <laughs> I didn't know that. He I was am also Slasher, Ripper. Terror yeah. in the night. <laughs> he was also Growl Tiger in Cats. <laughs> uh, and he was in, he was Mr. French in The Departed. Yeah. Uh, which was very, very good. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I think it was, it was quite good. It was a, it was a fun movie. I, it was very generic. Like it was one of those Marvel movies where when people say all Marvel movies follow the same um, formula. This is one of them that they are now going to point to. Yes. Like this and like Ant-Man. The first Ant-Man is like, yeah, it's they're going to do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, you know, the more Marvel movies that come out and the more the more Marvel content that comes out. Yeah. This is not to slight anything from the first two from those two movies. Mm-hmm. The Ant-Man movies look a lot weaker, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Like a lot weaker. when we have shit like Loki happening, and then you go back and watch Ant Man, you're like, man, these movies used to be boring. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yes, very 100 percent formulaic, but yeah, fan, it, big it, fan. It, it was it was good. I still like what took me out of it is the whole thing that you mentioned at the beginning of why did this come out now, like. I thought there was going to be something very specific for the reason it came out after Endgame, where, spoilers for Endgame, she dies. Right. Um, absolutely no reason. And then I was like, ooh, the post credit scene, <gasps> they're at a grave. What's going to happen? Oh, okay. Nope. They're just setting up the future. Like, Florence Pugh is going to be the next Black Widow. Um, and, like, that's it. Like, there's no... I guess that's the only thing. They couldn't have had that post credit scene showing her <laughs> gravestone, because people be like, um, excuse me, What? But they didn't have to. Yeah, like I don't know. They could also they could have thrown that end credit scene at the end of anything. Yeah, and it would just been this random thing of like, wait a minute, what? Oh, it's Florence Pugh. Oh yeah, she was in Black Widow. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Oh, oh now she's gonna be the next. Oh, oh got it. Got yeah, it. Got yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You didn't need a whole fucking movie to set that up. Yeah. No, it was it, the timing of it was weird. I also saw it. During the midst of the whole Scarlett Johansson Disney feud, mm. which was very quietly Did I sour settled, it? Uh, a little bit it, it distracted me a little bit. It didn't sour it, but it was like because I saw it in movie theaters, so I gave Scarlett her her dollar oh, or right, whatever right. out of my yeah. pocket. Um, but it was distract. There was just so many like, but why? Like about it and things like that. Apparently, by the way, that post credit scene was filmed after the movie was supposed to have come out. 
like its original release date or whatever. It like that post credit scene was filmed like late in 2020. Um, there was a completely different one originally. There planned. were a lot of deleted scenes. I don't know if you checked. Yeah, I've, I've been a, seeing them on YouTube and a things like that. Huge amount. Um, yeah. I liked it. I, I liked the movie. I thought it was. I will say this: the way it was shot, I think I liked the most. Sure. That Kinda was like, unique. That was unique in how it was shot. Some of the action scenes were very large CGI Marvel action scene. Yeah. But a lot of the way that the scenes were shot in general. Yeah. About um. I don't want to say it's Civil War esque, but it reminded me a lot of just like the way they shot and the way they edited it. The, yeah. The, the shots and the scenes transitions. I don't know. I just thought it, it was. I just thought it had a unique Look. way. Yeah. It wasn't as cookie cutter as as I think you're you kind of maybe uh alluded to i mean like plot wise plot wise okay plot wise yes yeah but um i i i did appreciate the way it looked and i get what you mean by civil war it felt very like real world which a lot of marvels don't really like they yeah like you see forests and you see towns and you see cities and she's driving a truck on a highway and like that's something you really only get in like the Captain America, yeah. like Winter Soldier and Civil War, like they're fighting at an airport. And in Winter Soldier, they're having a fight in a city street and on a highway. Or like Iron Man is there. He's fighting a guy with electric whips on the Monaco Raceway. <laughs> and then like in this weird park with like robots flying all around. And then Thor Ragnarok is in outer space. And yeah. like there's all these things where it's like. This takes completely place in a comic book world, where this one takes place in Norway and stuff like that, and in Budapest. She ha- she's in an RV. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt very real world, which yes. I did appreciate it. Yes. Like, it's a very grounded one, and that's what I was looking forward to it. Like, this is going to be like a spy, espionage, thriller, action movie, like the Captain America movies and like a Mission Impossible type thing. And it was that. And then the th- floating spy base in the air that no one's ever known about <laughs> and that apparently uses the same technology as the shield helicarriers but shield didn't know it was up there and then it comes crashing down and she's like diving through this exploding rubble and it's like that's cool in a marvel movie when you're like spider-man with an iron man suit with like intuitive spider claws but she's just a person who's like defying gravity and physics and flying through all this stuff it was a little eh, it was fine it was good it was a little too big action showy yeah yeah Uh, for what it could have been if it had stayed really small and grounded uh and like captain america winter soldier was very much that as what I kind of wanted it to be until they started crashing shield halo carriers out of the sky but right I mean I'm kind of trying to think of it as uh Compared to the latest, the other latest movie we saw, Shang Chi. Yeah, right. Where Shang Chi never gave that illusion, uh, that feeling in the same way. Like everything, kind of you could tell it felt like a set piece. Yeah. Compared to the way Black Widow is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Shang Chi now that it's kind of sat for a while. It, it hasn't. It didn't overdo it. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like the Ant Man level of projection of like he's skateboarding on a bus right like as as like a giant um yeah you know what i mean like yeah. it doesn't feel or look like that yeah even though he ends up riding a fucking legendary dragon <laughs> yeah. uh, fighting a, a demon dragon yeah. um yeah so like it, it's just 
I don't know. I think Shang-Chi and Black Widow have both accomplished something just cinematically with how it was shot and portrayed. Yeah. Not so much in the story and the plot or the characters, but so much as far as it, it it's not transporting me in the same... Like, okay. I'm, I think of, wow, this is so, so obviously extravagant and fucking like everything's <laughs> dialed up to 10 when I think of like, uh, like Phantom Menace. Okay. Or like the third Star Wars movie, right? Like, yeah. Cl- like, like uh, not Clone Wars. Revenge um, of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Um, think, I think of that, like the way they show Coruscant and the space battles. And it's mm. this obviously elaborate, huge um, visual e- experience. Yeah. Compared to something that was a lot more, uh, I don't know, I want to say grounded. And you think of something maybe like um, episode four. Mm-hmm. they had a lot more physical sets mm-hmm. yes a part of it is the film they used and the cameras they used and all this other shit but there was a lot more i think that was told that you that you still get from an emotional impact of visually what you're experiencing mm-hmm. you know what i mean instead of having it have to be this crazy cgi visual like i'm on the fucking roller coaster <laughs> of this movie like you know what i mean yeah because i don't know it just they did a great balance with those two movies i feel where they don't feel too out of place at all times, like like Ant Man kind of does. Mm-hmm. Like the only time Ant Man doesn't feel out of place is when, like he's when Scott's just talking, yeah, to somebody, yeah, and that maybe happens a handful of times when it's a normal conversation, exactly. Like, so I mean, because even then the conversations are so fast because. Hank gets in the picture, and then next you know he's like, "Wait, what are you doing?" And Hank Pym's like, "Close!" Like the building's falling into this tiny little thing, and yeah. he's b- turning a car out of nothing, and yeah. like so it's you know what I'm saying? It, it's just the visual impact and the visual pop and 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 pizzazz isn't as heavy handed. Yeah, I felt in um throughout the entire movie of Black Widow or Shang Chi. Yeah, but it was there in both, but it was tastefully not overdone. Yeah, but it was still there, which I think is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. No, I, I get you. I get what you're saying, and I, I I do agree with that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I'm per- explaining my thoughts on it enough or you got well. There. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would you give it on a scale of one to ten? Ooh, eight. 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 Interesting. Easy. Easy. I'd give eight. it a solid seven. Eight. I was just. It was. It was. It was good, and it was exactly like what I thought it would be, and nothing more. Like it was. Just... I think if it was released before Infinity War, like it should have been, yeah, it would have had a bigger impact. Oh my god! Because Infinity War and Endgame just like blew the top off of what like our expectations essentially, and then they, with some of the TV shows, they've like definitely dialed it back of like, okay, that was our big like ten year woohoo celebration, and now we're gonna start telling some new stories, and then they've started to blow the lid off of like what's next story-wise, like multiverse and Loki and what if and all that stuff has been very cool. And then this was just like, hey, remember how we used to make these? Here it is. <laughs> it is like, oh, God, yeah, I sure do. Thank I, you for reminding me. I, I wish somebody just flat out answered why it came out when it did. It's pro- like, it would be a very disappointing answer of like, you oh, so? big business money scheduling uh some people weren't available couldn't find a director we were sitting on the script for a while and then we wanted to release oh she's dead well let's still do it we could probably make enough on the bottom line and blah blah blah. like it just business reasons i think because story wise and like continuity wise absolutely no reason like this is 
one of the th- few times I could think of in the MCU's history where it's just like, oh man, that is Disney being Disney. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, I'll take it. That's that's that makes yep. Uh, with like five minutes left, are there any other topics here that you see that you'd like to uh, discuss? Um, speaking of watching hockey and um, just watching things in general, yeah, something that really is heavy-handed, yeah, and pervasive, yeah, and consistently, sure, are these fucking Facebook ads? Facebook ads? Ads? Okay, I'm sorry, Facebook advertisements. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen them. But they're trying to keep selling this notion of Facebook groups. Okay. Which is like, oh, it's like a subreddit, right? But on Facebook. Yeah. And their commercials are always like a whole bunch of young, hip kids talking about something like, oh, I'm into horoscopes. And here's a whole bunch of people like me that they believe in horoscopes and talk about horoscopes. Or I'm all about this thing. And here's all these people talking about it. The demographic in those commercials are all the age between i want to say 14 and 21 yeah a and b i want to say who's actively using facebook like that because when i think of facebook <laughs> not I, those people <laughs> yeah i don't think of those people i think facebook is being used for facebook marketplace and people to just repost whatever clickbaity bullshit they find that aligns with their self view um, and they just post it being like, oh, look at this truth that I believe in. And that's all Facebook is at this point. Now, as somebody who doesn't use Facebook, especially on a consistent or daily basis, I could be entirely wrong. And maybe yeah. it's full of the young, hip, chic youth of, of tomorrow all collaborating in their Facebook groups, aligning with their hobbies and interests. And I'm just completely old dinosaur man saying oh facebook back in my day really cared about just whatever <laughs> instead of now where hold on facebook never cared about anything <laughs> they um, cared about they cared about number one relationship status number two money and then number two completely erased number one and that's all it is now and you haven't seen these fucking commercials? No, I don't. I well, we said it now, so our phones know. So you're gonna start seeing them. So you're gonna start seeing. <laughs> you're gonna start seeing. Uh, I also go to extremely great lengths and pay money sometimes to avoid ads at all costs. I, I am at the point in my life where nothing annoys me more than a commercial. Like, <laughs> I mean, really? there are things that annoy me more, but like on a daily, hour to hour basis, when I see pop up ads, when I see banner ads, when I see like commercials that interrupt the shit i'm trying to watch or whatever i'm trying to do like when i look up how to change the oil in my car and i need to watch an ad before i know that answer it drives me absolutely bananas that bad and when i have a yeah when i have a sense that it's a targeted ad that it's using all this creepy data that it knows about me to show me this particular ad instead of another ad um like when it shows me a cat food ad because you said cat. we've been looking into a new type of cat food because we're pretty sure that one of our cats is like slightly allergic or doesn't sit well with one of the cat foods. And then I start getting cat food ads before I'm trying to, before I could change my oil in the car. Hate, 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 hate. So all the ad block, I download all the ad Why block. you hate it so much? I stop using things that have ads. I st- stupid pay YouTube for the lack of ads. Um, Why do you hate ads so much? They're just gross, and I hate them. And you don't think it's just white noise that you can just ignore? No. Okay. Be, well, here's the thing with the white noise that you can ignore. You don't. 
I there's so much science that goes into everybody does right nobody looks at ads and be like huh that's a really good looking cat food maybe that's the one I'll go with nobody does that and it's like another cat food commercial but then very very subconsciously like one percent of people who see that ad when they go to the store they say oh that new Purina the the blue one that's like heart healthy or whatever oh yeah uh, for some reason, I feel like that's a good one. Like, they don't even think that. That thought doesn't even cross their mind. But they go, oh, yeah, that's a good one. I've been hearing about this. You've been hearing about it through ads. Your friend didn't tell you about that. Ooh. That's how ads work. They Ooh. try to get 1% of people to maybe make a decision towards their brand. And when they show 10 million people that ad, 1% of them, that's 100,000 people that are now buying the heart-healthy Purina that they put slightly less cardboard in. Um, and it's like, and that, and that's how they make their money. That's how ads work. So it's gross. So even though you think you're trying to ignore these and you don't even look at the banner ad at the top of the website, your brain does, your brain remembers when you go to buy your next vacuum, you'd be like, Hmm, that new, the Dyson cordless does do that, that new thing, the new vortex thing that you have a lot of products ready to go for somebody who doesn't see ads. I, I'm literally just thinking of things that I've seen in real life recently. I literally, these two things I haven't even seen in ads. Okay. Uh, I used a Dyson cordless vacuum recently at a friend's house okay. and I'm looking into new cat foods. So these are all hypothetical, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, they're gross and I hate them. But that being said, to answer your questions, yeah, it sounds stupid and gross and like they're desperately trying to cling on to life. They're desperately. So the thing that makes me feel so gross about it is that I feel like they're trying to portray that they're this young, hip, popular service. And it's just you're this boomer service that people don't know how to get off of because they're boomers. Yeah, no, you made the insurrection happen and that's what you're known for now. (laughs) Yeah, like. Like, I'm pretty sure I th- I'm pretty sure there's legal cases against you for disinformation and the way the way the platform runs and how it handles private data. They had the Facebook leaker come out and um, the whistleblower. Oh, so good. Talk. Yeah, and it's just, and then I'm seeing Facebook commercials after the fucking whistleblower, and I'm talk seeing to these your friends about horoscopes. <laughs> yeah, and it's just nope. None of these people in these advertisements are using your fucking service. Yeah, if you think 18 year old kids are rushing to Facebook on their phone fuck off yeah no i mean that some are one percent one percent of the targeted demographic probably is and that's 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 enough for them i'm just waiting for myspace ah uh, myspace coming back myspace come back yeah i just i'm just waiting for everybody to kind of say fuck all the modern in the future we gotta we, we gotta go back to the past i'm gonna like, start learning html again <laughs> yeah exactly they, they, they teach coding way younger now 100 oh, percent I had the cool, like, I had my name, like, written in flames, animated flames on my MySpace page. It's like, welcome to Chris's page. I never did any of it. MySpace was weird. Like, the whole thing of it, which, like, I didn't really realize at the time. I just did it because that's what you do when you're in middle school, high school. You you do the MySpace. You got to set up your MySpace. Oh, there's this new MySpace thing that you could add onto your page. It was, like, very, very elementary, like, website building. Like, you basically make your own homepage. Like, here's your photo section and your music section. Play a song, yeah. Yeah, play a song. Oh, my God. Having songs automatically play when you visited someone's MySpace page. Like, oh, man, did not expect to get ear blasted with Simple Plan right now. Yeah, I'm curious as to the actual historical um, events that caused Facebook to take over. 
Um, because I didn't hear about Facebook until freshman year of college when all my roommates were saying, "Do you have a face? Do you have a Facebook?" And yeah. Like, no. What the fuck is a Facebook? What is that word? <laughs> yeah, I have a MySpace. <laughs> yeah. What, what's a Facebook? Yeah. They're like, "Oh, you got to go on Facebook." Blah 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 blah. I don't know. I think I remember thinking about this a long time ago and like looking it up and finding some answers and theories about how it just the because it shifted so fast. That's what I'm saying. Like it felt like it was a week. Like a oh, MySpace is lame. Within six now. months, yeah. MySpace was on the decline. Yeah. And then Twitter was like a very slow burn. Like Twitter was kind of always there and then very gradually got popular. It got had popular a few increase. And then, yeah. Yeah. But um, I think Facebook, it was the simplicity and like genuinely the relationship status. Like everybody attributes Facebook's success to that thing, which is what it was built on. Like that was there from like day one. That was the big thing. It was just, oh, look her up. Is she single? Exactly. It was that. Look up her Facebook. And like... It was I like I remember like I started like quote unquote dating someone in like eighth grade and like I, we were talking about like are you gonna change your relationship status and like yeah it was the thing yeah. you do like oh my gosh did you see Kimberly like change her relationship status yesterday it's just she's single <laughs> or like it all of a sudden like at eight o'clock it said it was complicated and then at eleven thirty it said she's back in a relationship like I wonder what happened did they have a fight. And it's like, Jesus you Christ. used to be like, well, fuck you too, John. And then you would like turn around and update your relationship status. <laughs> and like, it was like a live tracker to see if people were single or not. That's yeah. I mean, that was the big thing. I remember in college, it was, it was just checking the status to see if she was single. It was, yeah. Oh, that girl's hot or that girl's cute. Yep. And then it's like, like uploading photos. Yeah. And I, like back in the day when I used to upload photos to Facebook and you like, and you make the albums, like it would literally yep. be like, um, summer camp 2015 or something like that, yeah. or, uh, or summer trip to Cape Cod 2015. And you'd like upload all these photos and you would tag all your friends. And it was like work. <laughs> and it was like, got to click on this face and blah, blah, blah. And then eventually I remember how creepy it was where it's like, ew, look, you upload these photos and it highlights the faces and it'll say like, is this John? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it is. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like 13,000 times more creepy than that. And people are like. I have to use Facebook Messenger for my fantasy hockey yeah. uh, stuff. And every season, before, at the start and at the end, I say, Hey, everybody, I made us both a Slack and a Discord <laughs> group. We can use either, which are better and ethically a, a smarter choice. Yeah, oh, yeah. And each time they all go, No, we like Facebook. Facebook and I'm just either. like, you, you all fucking suck. Yeah. So. um, I... Uh, I nuked my Facebook uh, in the middle of work one day, like two years ago. I was like, yeah, just randomly like, I'm ready. Boop, delete. And it said like, are you sure? And it's like, yes. And it's like, it'll take us 24 hours to delete all your stuff. At any point, you can cancel it. It's like, it does not take you 24 hours to delete. <laughs> like, they know that they, they know the addictive nature of the clickings and the viewings yeah. and the updating, updatings and the notifications. Oh, and they probably have algorithms where they've figured out that exactly, on average, 16 hours after pressing the delete button, people want it back. So that's yes. why they give you 24. Yes. It's not just like... Arbitrary user base, yeah. so they won't lose clients. For Sixteen to twenty-two hours after pressing delete, people start looking for it again because is that fucking creepy? Oh, probably, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm saying like, fuck Facebook. Oh yeah, I'm so with you. Uh, and then there are certain times where like 
groups were started. It's like, oh, hey, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Do you want to join? We have a Facebook group. I'm like, oh, I'm not. I'm not on Facebook. And they're like, oh, do you have Messenger? We could add you to this group chat. And I was like, no. Can someone text me when it's happening? And then, like, sometimes they'd forget and I just wouldn't know about it. And, like, there were certain times where, like, people have, like, moved and they're like, hey, can you help us move uh, in a couple Saturdays? It's like, yeah, sure. I'll block it off of my calendar. And then I remember there was one time I, like, woke up and I'm like, hmm, nobody's texting me about this move yet. So I, like, texted a couple of them. I'm like, hey, what time are we meeting up? And they're like, we're almost done. And we've been wondering where you were. We put it in the Facebook group. I'm like, ah, I'm not on Facebook. So, <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I, I get that too sometimes where people are, 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 it's almost this weird expectation of social, social obligation of just, well, didn't you see what I posted about how blah, blah, blah with my baby? I'm just like, I sure didn't. No, I didn't. It's like, well, why didn't you? It's like, I don't go on fucking Facebook. Yeah. It's, there's, there's also a few things here and there that I've, the further I've gotten from when I deleted my Facebook, the creepier they seem of like people only know about what other people have done through Facebook. Like, um, like one of my friends a while ago went on a vacation and I was like really excited to like meet up with them and catch up with them about it and be like, Oh my gosh, how was it? How was this? How was that? How was that? And then like, I went to talk to him about it and they're like, Oh, I posted the whole thing on my Facebook story. And like, they didn't like have anything to say. And it's like, and I talked to other people about it. It's like, Oh, I wonder how that person's vacation went. And they're like, Oh yeah, it looked like it was fun. Like we that, all got live updates. That like, feature Ooh. and Instagram does it too. Yeah. That feature of what you're talking about. What that does is that digitizes the social aspect of communication. Yeah. Of us connecting like, see, you're an old man now. Man, back in my day, we just called each other on the phone. We used to talk with our mouths. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, That's, you're talking about, that's legit what you're talking about. You're talking about how your communication style is, is verbal. Yeah. For connection, right? Like, not that you need to be face to face, but you want to release talk. Yeah. And you want to have a back and forth. You want to have the live service of... Of that uh, of that communication with somebody compared yeah. to, it's much more convenient and faster for people to say, "Hey, this was my trip. This is what I saw that I thought was really nice, and that was my journey." And I can put a caption and explain it, and you can check it out, and that's that's it. And this way, you're up to date with my life if you're curious. Yeah, which I understand from a completely innocent viewpoint. It's like a that sounds so convenient. Oh, that's so great. I get that. But the side effect of that or the impact of that is far greater than I think the intentions were. Sure. Because here's two things about that. That okay. uh, The one part that directly affected me and I noticed it and I was annoyed by is I never heard how that person's vacation went. <laughs> like literally, it, they were like, oh my gosh, it was so good. Yeah, one of these days we'll have to like hang out and like I'll show you all the photos. That's never going to happen and it still hasn't happened. But whatever. I'm, if you said it was good, that's fun. I kind of wanted to see and hear about it, but whatever. And then the other half of it is uh just that i will refuse to ever make a facebook again to look at them because facebook has gotten to the point where their systems will detect all the pictures and it's like oh this picture has a bear in it this picture has a bison in it and this picture has a bunch of trees in it he spent eight seconds looking at the bear four seconds looking at the buffalo and only two seconds looking at the trees let's start let's dial up how many advertisements include bears by two percent Let's dial up his bear-themed advertisement by 2%. And it's like, it's so creepy. And it's like, it's you're more friends with Facebook than you are with the actual people 
whose shit you're looking at and interacting with. I've said this before on this podcast, and quite recently, I think, social media for me, I mean, I I use a Facebook service. I use Instagram. Yeah. Right? But the service that I, like the purpose of these things are for the people that I cannot touch base with. Mm, Right? Yeah. That's what my dad says. It's my friend who's in Vancouver. Yeah. It's my friend who lives in Austin. Sure. It's my friend who lives in California. It's my friend who moved to Florida. Yeah, exactly. It's you know what I mean. It's not like it's people I could say, "Hey, we should catch up and meet up, and we yeah. can we can chat and all this." Those people I I have around me, I try, but it's hard, right? Yeah. Um, staff down in Jersey. Yeah. You know, we we text very sporadically. Yeah. Of kind of just like, oh hey, Bob, like LOL at this, or hey, did you see that? And like, it's our way to keep in touch, right? Yeah. But even one of my friends, uh, one of our mutual friends, JP, um, Justin's only like 40 minutes away from me yeah but he just had a kid congratulations to him yeah but he's not available you think yeah. he has time to just be like oh yeah i'll just leave the family tell my wife to take care of it and i'll come get beers yeah like, exactly. that's not easy he just yeah. had a kid like a few weeks ago i mean that's completely understandable right so like instead he sends me something that's like oh hey did you see this thing from spit and chicklets or did you see this thing that yeah. happened in the hockey game lol and like that's it well, on facebook or text? no instagram Okay. Yeah. It'll yeah. just sound like a reel of like something from yeah. like the Dallas Stars background or, or like the New York, share a story. The New York Ranger story. Yeah. yeah. And it'll we'll share something. Like it's to connect, it, it's to stay up to speed on that stuff. Yeah. You know, I have a friend in up in uh, Montreal who's doing something politically. Yeah. You know, he's trying to get into politics. And I, and I love seeing what he's doing. I love seeing his, his, uh, his, his activity. I love seeing what he's being involved with and seeing all the stuff that he's been working hard on. And, 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 uh, and I, I'm a, I love supporting him. Yeah. That's really all it's for. Yeah. Right. I think there's, but to your point, I think the majority of people use services like Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that for the people that are 20 minutes away from them. Yeah. I mean, and here's the other thing about what you're saying, and this is going to sound pretty harsh. No, I'll say it. But if you deleted Instagram today mm-hmm. and you kind of, those connections started to fade, you'd be fine. Yeah. Like if you just kind of partially or completely lost touch with a few people because of it and like yeah. regain control over your privacy and uh, you're like mental Well, it's not freedom. like I post very often, so I'm not worried about the privacy portion. Yeah. But I know what you're saying, but yeah. that's with anything. Yeah, exactly. That's with exactly. anything, right? Yeah. But it's because I want that connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. that's why it's, I do it. it. It brings value to your life. So that's it, good. It brings value. Yeah. Those things bring value to me. To be able to say like, oh yeah, I saw what you did with that, you know, great interview on that radio show, man. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, gl- yeah. I'm glad you're getting the word out about your campaign. Yeah, that's like, awesome. That's really cool. Because think- he's not calling me like, hey, let me tell you about my my the latest <laughs> weekly updates on my <laughs> campaign trail, what I'm doing for. Pub- hey, I'd like to tell you individually how my vacation went. Yeah, no, that's- even though I just told my 100 closest other <laughs> friends. Yeah, it's yeah, hard, no, and, and it's and it. I don't think it's even a lack of. The connection piece because i do still talk to people right i still facetime and say let's try to schedule a facetime yeah let's schedule drinks yeah like my best my best friend up uh, up there gabe him and i we schedule drinks we call it or yeah. or we schedule the drive talk because when i'm driving across the state that's adorable it's like an hour of just being in a car yeah so i've just started calling him and i do that a lot now too yeah and i'm just like hey what are you doing he's like oh uh, i'm 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 just leaving the i'm just the Depp is not a packy. I'm leaving the Depp and I'm headed back to my place. What are you up to? It's like, I'm driving. He's like, ah, the highway drive. It's like, yeah. And then we just, we, we quickly <laughs> you just shoot the shit. Yeah. Yeah. We just shoot the shit. We yeah. chit chat. And then it's just like, all right, well, I'm going to get going. I'll see you around. Love talking to you. Bye. Yeah. Just hang up. So, um, 
we'll set up a Facebook group where we could talk about our mutual interests. I think is what this was all leading to. Fucking gross. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah. I think if you if you carefully measure like how much enjoyment and worth you're getting out of certain things, and think about how much creepy stuff is going on behind the scenes, or how much it like stresses you out, because that was what it was for me. Like Facebook was just like it made me feel bad after using it for a bit. It's like God, what do you I mean? Just, I wasted half an hour. I got nut. Like I just sat there and mindlessly scrolled. I'm like, there goes half an hour of my but day. But that's that Twitter. I that's TikTok. That's Snapchat. You just get rid of them. Instagram, you can say that. Like, Reddit, oh, but there's 20 other apps that do that. Delete those 20 other apps and go outside. Like, so why do you have a smartphone? Do some push-ups. Well, for pictures. <laughs> <laughs> For this notes app of all this these garbage podcast topics that you add, like this one, which is called Facebook is a joke. Yes. And I think we could agree Facebook is a joke. Everybody go delete your Facebook. Word. Viva la revolution. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Welcome well, anyway. back. Thank oh, you. yeah. We never touched base on why you were gone and we had a missing episode, but we'll have to do that next week, I guess. Maybe next time. I want to hear about that experience. I went camping. We'll talk about it next time. Bye. Bye. Not getting more. Not getting more. Not getting more. Are you doing a mic check? Not getting more. How do you do that? You get more. What button do you press? You get more. What is the shape of the button? <laughs>